Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Wow. Night after a Billikens basketball win. Wanted to try to put the three B's in there, and it didn't seem to play out that way. But welcome to the show, and we have a couple hours together tonight. And joining us after the weather here in about 12, 13 minutes from now is our friend Brad Young from Harris Dial Fisher and Young. The Supreme Court had a ruling today regarding a church in Colorado. I wanted him to discuss that in the McCloskey case update. I saw that KSDK was putting a story up there, and I see him a couple of different agencies are reporting how Patricia McCloskey is now trying to get Kim Gardner relieved of her duties. In that case, a conflict of interest as she was fundraising on her um on her uh, prosecution of these two, which is totally out of line. Mark McCloskey had her removed on his case, which will hopefully lead to that being dismissed. Patricia should be next, so we'll get an update on that. I also want to talk about a story out of Fox 2 about a Fenton woman whose landlord removed the door on the house. This is so stupid. This Whoever this landlord is, um, they're not naming them in the story, but I definitely need to point out just how ridiculous this is. Tom Sullivan's going to join us a little after 10 o'clock, local watchdog in the county. This will give us an opportunity to make fun of the loop trolley. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot of that. And also Mark Reardon's going to join us tonight in a little after 1030-ish. He is going to give us a movie review of the Lifetime mini-movie, A Recipe for Seduction. That was the KFC-sponsored movie where Mario Lopez played Colonel Sanders. And I messaged Mark. He's our resident movie reviewer. He is someone that is uh, well-respected in the movie review community. And I said, do you mind slumming it up and let's watch this Lifetime mini-movie where Mario Lopez plays Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Can you give me a review? And he said, sure. So he'll join us later in the show, too. So I wanted to start with this story, and it's kind of, this is what I don't quite get Uh, in Florissant. You can find this on KMOX.com. I'm probably not alone in this sense. It said, police in St. Louis community to hand out holiday gift cards, not speeding tickets to some drivers. I'm not sure if I was driving through Florissant or anywhere for that matter, if a police officer randomly pulled me over. I don't need that stress, right? Even if 
for some reason, it's a nice gift card associated with it. Should police really be pulling people over to give them something nice? Should they be doing that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, And it is a nice gesture and it is something that they do. But I just don't think this is all that great. Maybe I'm just being the Grinch tonight. Yeah, I'm a mean one. So here's the story. It says some drivers in North St. Louis County are giving uh, uh, getting a special surprise if they're pulled over. Instead of a speeding ticket, some lucky people will instead get a $100 gift card as part of the Florissant Police Department's 6th Annual Summons of Joy campaign. Thanks to donations from local church organizations, the police department have been giving back this giveaway amid the pandemic in 2020. And they talked a little bit about how it works. They uh, apparently... Uh, It says during the next few weeks, officers will be interacting with citizens through minor infraction traffic stops. And instead of giving them a citation or a warning, instead, they will get a summons of joy, a hundred dollar gift card uh, to target. So I guess they're trying to find little things. I I don't know. It still doesn't feel great that (laughs) we're going to pull you over to give you a gift card, but it is a hundred dollars. So some people would probably say, sign me up. If every time I got pulled over, I got a $100 gift card, that'd be nice. But you know how this normally works. Um, People are skeptical. They don't like this. Uh, Even if it is just a a nice thing, the stress, the anxiety that's associated with that sort of thing, you're probably angry before the officer even gets to the door. I I don't know. I I just don't think that police interactions for minor things like this, even if it is to give you a gift card, is totally appropriate. So I may just be the Grinch in this case. Am I the Grinch? (laughs) Am am I the only one that's upset? (laughs) For whatever reason, there's a uh, a, 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 even a small thing like this that brings the opportunity for it. Probably. I'm probably the only one that's going to have an issue with that. And I can accept that. That's just who I am. I also don't want like if this was happening to my wife and she was pulled over and she calls me she's like you're not going to believe what happened she's probably not going to be too good she'll probably be crying she's going to be so anxious for something like this a couple of other things that are going on and you can find now and if you want to go to uh, kmox.com and you can see that for yourself there's all kinds of other things that are going on that are not related to this but if you want to call in you can 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120 you know what i watched on abc was it was the Christmas light fight. And we had a local St. Louis family that was part of this. So what they do is they apparently show four different Christmas light displays. And the one that just debuted last Thursday, I believe it was, I think it was a two hour special, or at least that's what we recorded. And we watched it today and it showed from across the United States. I think there was a person in Utah and they decided to make this winter wonderland type of deal inside of their like urban farm. Didn't know exactly what to make of this. It almost looked like a neighborhood block, except two homes and an abandoned lot were included. And they had this greenhouse. They made it look into a barn and they put all these lights to make it look like it was a farmer theme. It was kind of cool. They had one in New York, which was pretty neat where they had a bunch of mechanical things. Apparently, they're pretty good at tinkering at the mechanical. So they had a bunch of like moving animatronic stuff. And there was another guy, and I can't remember where he was from. Maybe it was like um, over on the East Coast somewhere. And he created a city. I mean, it was 
basically what you would see as a high-end props, almost like you would build a movie set on a lot somewhere. If you've ever seen how some of these old Western movie sets were set up, there's a bunch of like storefronts and he built that. He's like a 21 year old built a bunch of fronts and then he put lights on it to recreate an entire city that you can walk through. It was amazing. And then here in St. Louis, there was a man that said when he was five, his dad died in Vietnam. His mom raised eight kids And ever since then, the memories of Christmas and the joy that brought were so much part of helping him that now as an adult, he puts this giant display on that looks like you're going on to a department store. It was so well done. And they had all of the four displays and they showed through it and the host was all happy and everything was great. Eventually, they had to pick a winner. It was not the St. Louis couple, unfortunately. It was the kid that built that city. I mean, he built a city. (laughs) So $50,000 you can win, fifty grand for putting that light display on. My wife said, oh, we should enter our house. I said, honey, we don't put up lights. (laughs) Like she's going to try to goat me into doing that. No, thanks. Oh, Diana's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Okay. So before I make my comment uh, concerning Centene, I want you to know, you know, I like you and I like your show. I've been listening to talk radio forever. Mm -hmm. But Ryan, I think that uh, the police pulling people over to give them gift certificates is a great idea. It, it's a good public relations gesture, and it makes yeah. the people like the police officers even more. I Okay, yes, that could be nice side effects. Here's the thing, again, call me the Grinch, and you're allowed to call me the Grinch, but I think oh, the okay. police pulling people over without the intention of there being an infraction to write up is, you know, I don't know. It's it's a forced police interaction. I don't like it all that much. It might be a nice outcome to it. I'm just a Grinch, I guess. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that you accepted that. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> let's get to Centene. Actually, you know, St. Louis is my native hometown, although I've lived in other major cities that are friendlier to... Uh, big businesses than St. Louis is. I heard, uh, I believe he was the CEO of Centene make a comment today. And he said that <clears throat> the only problem with St. Louis is not just, the problem with St. Louis is not just the crime, but, but he mentioned some other things. And one of the other things that he mentioned was civil rights, which, and the policies, so here, here is my problem with the St. Louis region. The region, and I'm talking about specific, I'm not, okay, I'll stay in Missouri. I know uh, your, your great uh, colleague, Charlie Brennan, would like to include Illinois. But I want to specifically stay in Missouri for right now because I live in Missouri, and in St. Louis City and St. Louis County have been dominated by one political party. Now, I've always believed that when one political party rules, 
then that's kind of a dictatorship. And and I I don't I understand the policies that this gentleman from Centene spoke of and what uh a lot of people, especially in government in St. Louis City and St. Louis County don't want to talk about is a lot of discrimination that goes on, not only in government, but in business, big and small. That has been part of the culture of St. Louis City and St. Louis County. So I understand, and North Carolina, which is a place from what I understand, Centene is entertaining the thought of moving to, has a very friendly environment for big businesses. It's a financial hub. Uh, not only that, it is a big hub for insurance companies. St. Louis has to aggressively change its policies, its government, its attitude. There's a culture here that needs to go. It is so antiquated and it's not attracting businesses. It's not really attracting, yeah, it's attracting the people who, I don't know, but it's not attracting yeah. businesses. I know what you're saying, Diana. I'm going to have to look for those specific comments that they mentioned because there were some comments maybe two months ago, I remember, regarding the issue on crime, but I didn't see the additional amendment to it. But I'm glad you brought that up. Maybe we can talk about it later in the show because we have Brad Young coming in next. Hey, thank you for your call, Diana. Good to hear from you. Sure, sure. All right. So this is a good topic. I'm going to have to see if I can find those comments, the, the new ones, because I haven't quite seen them. And I would like to maybe talk about that later in the show. So she brings up a good point when it comes to the business atmosphere here. I mean, how friendly are you to businesses and what does that mean? And here's the thing. Uh, St. Louis does a lot to try to attract people. But the thing that they would really be doing a service to is trying to get this crime under wraps. And by doing that, maybe when you attract different people to the area and they're not afraid of getting carjacked or their car stolen or uh, shot or something along those lines, then maybe that would be a little bit more friendly. And that's what some of these other large cities have in an advantage over St. Louis is because they can point to the map and say, hey, look, um, look at the look at the murder rate. We're over 250 homicides in the city alone right now. That's a major concern. So maybe we'll hit on some of the things Diana brought up a little bit later in the show. Brad Young is going to join us next. A couple of big legal uh, movements have uh, came out of the Supreme Court today, and we're going to talk about those on Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. From Hairstyle Fisher and Young, Brad Young, how are you today? I'm doing well, sir. It's great to talk to you. Another couple of big court cases in the Supreme Court, one of which is based in Colorado, and there was a church that was challenging some of these COVID restrictions. I know there are uh, religious institutions. Sometimes it might be schools. Sometimes it might be churches in general or nonprofits or whatever it is, but they seem to be singled out when it comes to COVID restrictions in whatever state they're in, much like the restaurant industry. So in Colorado, there was a church that challenged the uh, law there, and it looks like the Supreme Court has ruled on it. Yeah, it was a case involving, it's called the High Plains Harvest Church in Colorado, and the, the restrictions in Colorado were that any other businesses could have 50% capacity. 
but a church, regardless of how large or what the capacity is, was capped at 50 people. And so really they challenged it on the basis of you're singling out churches. Now, this was a this was a Protestant church, but it could equally apply to a mosque or a synagogue or, 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 a, or a diocese or any sort of religious institution. So they were singled out. And what's interesting is before uh, Amy Coney Barrett went to the court in October, uh, there was a case from from Nevada that went up, and uh, because it was uh, Justice Ginsburg was on the court at the time, uh, very similar restrictions, those got struck down, or those did not get struck down. They were upheld as being fine and acceptable. But now we're seeing a string of cases, first in New York, now in Colorado, also today in New Jersey, stating that you cannot treat religious institutions differently under the First Amendment and also under Title VII. So it, it makes perfect sense. But what's interesting is in the case today, it was a six to three uh, decision. And uh, but we, we are establishing a precedent now that religious liberty is not a second class right. This is important. Part of which um, is even though this is in one state and I know that each state writes their own laws when it comes to the, the different restrictions when it comes to COVID and a lot of times, you know, county by county or in even case city by city. So with a Supreme Court ruling like this, what does that mean for other places around the country where restrictions are pretty high and there's other churches wondering if this could be used to help them make a case to get things back to normal? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Ryan. And we have a specific example of what this means. The the case that I mentioned that came out of Nevada in September, uh, it was a situation where casinos, liquor stores, uh, massage parlors, and acupuncture places and bowling alleys could all be at 50% capacity regardless of how large the facility was. But again, in Nevada, they were capping churches, I think, at 25 people in Nevada. Uh, that was those restrictions were upheld uh, when Justice Ginsburg was on the court. But now, because of these decisions in New York and now Colorado and New Jersey upholding religious liberty, the Ninth Circuit, which is which is not known for being conservative in any way, shape, form, or manner, okay, the Ninth Circuit reversed a district court decision just today based upon this new precedent that's coming from the Supreme Court. So to answer your question, what does this mean? It means that other courts have to stand up and take notice that if a religious institution is treated differently than a secular institution and is treated less preferably, then those laws, those restrictions, even if they come from a county executive, as crazy as that may sound, uh, if those restrictions come from a governor or even a legislature or a county executive, those restrictions will be stricken if they treat religious institutions less favorably. Well, that's fascinating because I think a lot of times when you look at the specifics of any case, when someone brings up an argument, a lot of times there are similarities in to the ways that they're arguing it, but there's a little bit of a detail that's different, and that's the way a judge would say, well, that's why we're not going to apply what the Supreme Court said, based on what the judge's notions are when it comes to ruling and that locality or that uh, court. So is this broad enough, the ruling from the Supreme Court, where even there may be little little differences, but the theory, the idea behind it is the same, that the judges will have to take note on it? 
Yeah, it, it, it is sufficiently broad. And, and what's sufficiently broad about it, I'm going to dive just slightly into constitutional analysis here. But there's different levels of scrutiny that the court applies whenever fundamental rights are at stake. And the Supreme Court has said that on these religious liberty cases, they're going to utilize what's called strict scrutiny. Now, that's a form of judicial review uh, that, that basically means that a legislature must have passed the law to further a compelling government interest, but also they have to narrowly tailor the law to achieve that interest. So in this case, for example, let's use a bowling alley. If a bowling alley can have 50% capacity, but a church can only have 25 people, regardless of how large it is, at that point, does that mean that the statute or the executive order is being narrowly tailored to achieve the compelling government interest of stopping the spread of COVID? And the answer to that is no, that's not narrowly tailored, it's broadly tailored. So the Supreme Court has given marching orders to all of the federal courts of the United States about how to analyze these religious liberty cases, and we're seeing the fruits of that uh, certainly today out of the Ninth Circuit in Nevada. Brad Young joining us here, and I'm kind of curious about how this might be able to apply to other institutions. So was it the case that the church was making is because they were a religious institution, they were being singled out? Or was it because just in general that one factor is that they're a religious institution, but in general they're being treated unequally compared to other places? So basically why I'm asking that is because can other industries like the restaurant industry say us being singled out? This is the case we're making. It's going to be almost exactly like the church's case. But because our industry is being singled out and every other industry is the same, then we believe that this could apply to us, too. Well, you know what? That's that's an argument that's been made. But the weakness of that argument is there's not a First Amendment right to run a restaurant. Uh, But there is a First Amendment right to practice religious your religious faith. And, uh, for example, in the First Amendment, it says Congress shall make no law establishing the regarding the establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So these cases that we're seeing are under the prohibiting the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. So even conceptually, if you could make that leap to apply to restaurants, they don't really have a First Amendment right to be in operation. So it makes it more difficult for restaurants to make that same argument in a winning fashion because they're not religious institutions. So normally when the Supreme Court rules on something and a similar challenge comes up within a short amount of time, don't they normally go back and point to the previous ruling? Is is this kind of what's different about this one? Because if they just recently said no, states can act on the public's interest because of a public health emergency, so they would be able to do this. What was different this time that allowed the Supreme Court to revisit this just based on, you know, they ruled on something similar not that long ago? Well, truly, the only thing that's changed is Justice Ginsburg and Justice Barrett, who both have very different uh, philosophies regarding uh, constitutional analysis. And so that's what has changed. If if you look at the uh, dissenting or look rather at the at the some of the concurring opinions from Justice Sotomayor and, and Elena Kagan and even Justice Ginsburg back in September, their argument was it's okay to treat these churches differently because people are singing at church 
and they may not be singing in a bowling alley or singing in a liquor store. Although, you know, I can see some situations where people could be singing in a liquor store, but that's another story. But, uh, but in this case, though, now that Justice Barrett is there, her analysis is you're fundamentally treating these houses of worship differently, and that's prohibiting the free exercise of religion, which is prohibited under the First Amendment. So it gets back to the differences in judicial philosophy between Ginsburg and Barrett. Very good. Another case I wanted to talk about locally here in St. Louis is the case to dismiss Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner from Patricia McCloskey's case. So we saw that Mark had his uh, successfully was able to get Kim Gardner dismissed from that case. But Patricia being charged separately as wife, not so much. However, that was going to be heard in front of a judge. Now, it's interesting that they're being charged, you know, separately because of different crimes. But I'm curious because Kim Gardner was uh, dismissed on one case, would they be able to point to that and say there's a precedent that if you fundraise, uh, if you're a if you're a prosecutor and you're a circuit attorney in your fundraising, this is political, thus you shouldn't be um, you shouldn't be on this case. Can they make the argument that one judge has already ruled on this, or is this still treated as two separate cases? And there's a possibility that a judge would allow Kim Gardner to stay on the Patricia side. Yeah, typically circuit court decisions don't have what's called precedential value. There's a there's a legal term called stare decisis, uh, which means the thing has been decided. In that instance, um, you, you that you you necessarily can't apply a circuit court decision uh, under that type of doctrine. However, having said that, while it's certainly possible that the judge in the Patricia Patricia McCloskey case could rule differently, I really don't foresee that happening. Because all of the legal principles that that were the foundation of Judge Clark's decision as it applies to Mark McCloskey, all of those exact same principles apply in the Patricia McCloskey case. So I would anticipate a similar decision, although it certainly isn't required. However, having said that, Brian, I can assure you that the judge in the Patricia McCloskey case gets a different – sees it differently, that decision will be appealed – and then it would be up to an appellate court to make a decision. And ultimately, I see uh, either the, the circuit court judge or any appellate court would reach the same conclusion as Judge Clark did in the Mark McCloskey case. That makes sense. So it's just another step in that direction until I'm sure this case won't be going away afterwards. I would hope that it's dismissed, but I would love to see the McCloskeys be able to go on the offensive just based on the way that they were politically treated. I think a lot of people are expecting that and sure 2021 could bring that you never know um (laughs) well of all the other things that are going on is getting close to the end of the year the supreme court's still working it seems like uh, everything is still in full force normally this is the time of the year where things start to slow down yeah well uh there's just a lot of things going on whether it's the election or covid uh both of those uh, occurrences are certainly unprecedented and in terms of legal actions. I mean, President Trump alone has filed more lawsuits uh, uh, in this election than I think any, uh, certainly any politician has ever filed in the past. So it's been a very busy season. I wouldn't anticipate a lot of 
more cases from the Supreme Court unless it's these emergency type COVID cases, uh, because we typically don't see Supreme Court decisions coming until the spring or late spring. So uh, unless it's an emergency type of a case, uh, the Supremes might be uh, kicking back a little bit for Christmas. Yeah, I know. So Amy Coney Barrett gets on to the Supreme Court, and normally this would be a moment where you'd be able to get your bearings, catch up, but not this time around. It's keeping quite busy right off the bat. Yeah, she doesn't even know where the bathroom is, and she's already writing all these decisions, you know. So, uh, yeah, she's getting uh, – it's a trial by fire for her right now. Yes. Brad Young from Harristyle Fisher and Young. It's so good to catch up with you. I'm going to be off the next couple of weeks. I know you said you have some dates you're going to be filling in, but if I don't get to talk to you, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, Brad. And Merry Christmas to you as well, my friend. I will be uh, trying to sit in for you, but obviously uh, not doing the same type of job that you're doing. No one can fill those big shoes, my friend. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I don't know if they have you scheduled on Tuesdays. That would be a natural fit, considering that's the day they drop most of these legal (laughs) things. So that would be the right day to get you in. Uh, Brad, thank you so much. Have a great night. My pleasure. Thank you. Brad joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. In Overnight America, thank you for joining us here tonight on the show, as in every single night. So I had a call from a listener, Diana, right before our interview with Brad Young, and I decided to look up a little bit more into it. So Post-Dispatch was the first to report this. I've seen some other write-ups on it online. But they're talking about Centene, their Clayton location, and the possibility of them passing on some of these abatement dollars that were required for them to continue to build. But it doesn't look like they may or may not be doing that, mostly because the CEO of Centene, He said that the company will not invest in the region until crime rates fall. So this is a story that came out yesterday, updated today. And I didn't see anything else about the general region that he was commenting on other than the at least the high crime rates. And can one of the things that I noticed in the Post-Dispatch article brought this up was the reason for the high crime rates being an issue, even though they're located in Clayton. And Clinton doesn't have the same problems that, well, I don't know, a lot of these other neighborhoods in St. Louis has, the city. It's because when they try to recruit talent, they have a hard time making a pitch for St. Louis. I know recruiters, and we've had them on the show, the ones that work with different companies that help different large corporations bring in top talent. And with these top talent, there's things that they are normally uh, coerced to try to look into certain places. So imagine you're a big corporation, Centene, they said based on revenue, the number one largest company in St. Louis, at least on that metric. When they are trying to hire maybe someone that's incredibly specialized or could have a lot of sway, and that's the person that they want, they try to bring that person in. And they can put a package together just like any sporting team would. They can put the Hey, look at our organization. Look at our track record. We can pay you this much. Uh, The fans are great. You know, there's all kinds of pitches they can make to players in free agency. But ultimately, a free agent may decide to go play somewhere else if another location is better suited for them. You normally see some of these, you know, oh, I want to go play for the Lakers because LeBron's there or something stupid like that. Or 
in the case of baseball, it could just be strictly money related or they, you know, uh, I don't know. It could be anything. It, it could be anything. So they run into these issues, too, when you're talking about high end talent for companies. And what happens is that these other cities that are more appealing, the Nashville's come up, the Austin, Texas, uh, you know, there's all of these large cities that are hip and the crime's not out of control and the cost of living's low. And there's all these other advantages for them to go there that it's easier for them to recruit to go to those places. And if Centene sees this and says, I'm missing out on the people I want to hire because the place I'm located is the reason why they're not coming here. It's not my company. It's the city Then I need to make decisions. Maybe I need to diversify and maybe open up places in, uh, outside of the city of St. Louis so I can continue to hire those top end talent. So how do you get around that? Is there a way to get around that? Yes, there is. Uh, number one, you can listen to Centene and the pleas of many other people. It's not just the business owners that are talking about the problems in St. Louis. It's, I don't know, everyone that's talking about the problems when it comes to crime in St. Louis that you'd be able to turn around and point to and say, how about we get this under control? Uh, Post-Dispatch really went out of their way to try to put this into perspective. I mean, they were like apologetic to the crime in St. Louis. It was really sad to see this in the article. And they said, even though most of the crime is targeted and even though most of the time they know each other and even though it's rare that random shootings happen or, you know, they, they really go out of their way. But let's just be honest. I mean, what happened uh, just a couple of days ago outside of a restaurant, four people get shot. It's not just the homicides. It's the other things associated with it. It's the hey, every time there's a problem somewhere in the country, there's going to be a mob of people that walk down and smash windows and loot and grab and burn buildings because that's just what happens here now because of what happened in Ferguson some years ago. Or maybe it's the, well, um, the, the, the way that they handle crime here is that there's all these unsolved murders and a lot of times that you see the revolving door of people that are just catch and release violent criminals because the circuit attorney either through uh, lack of trying or lack of experience or lack of uh, people working in the department just don't bring up or show up to court when it comes to these crimes. What about if it's COVID or social issues like, oh, the socially responsible thing is we need to lift these people out and we need to get rid of this and that. And what ends up happening is we're at 250 homicides for the year. And that doesn't even account for all the people that have been shot. How many times have we seen kids shot? How many times have we seen kids killed in St. Louis? How many times have we seen carjackings that turn that way? How many times have we seen people just in general into a position they don't and shouldn't have to be in? Ultimately, we all suffer when we can't get a grip on this. That needs to change. And he's right. He's right. And it's not an unwarranted problem for them to want to address. Because if they and we as a city want to start to attract the top talent, then we have to find ways to make it more comfortable for the top talent to want to come here period. It's as easy as that. All right. Our friend Tom Sullivan, some of the issues in the county. We're going to go over those next. Loop Trolley being one of them. It's Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.